Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Was that AEW's biggest show ever? Well, Paul White was on it, and he had a five-freaking-star match with QT Marshall. We'll get into that very shortly, but I guess first we've got to talk about the lesser news of, I don't know, Brian Danielson joining AEW, Adam Cole joining AEW, Ruby Soho joining AEW, CM Punk's first match in AEW. Minoru Suzuki. Minoru Suzuki. The Forbidden Door chopped open and then Gotch pile drived into Moxley's face. I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Lukewarm Luke Owen. D A D. No sponsor today. But go to beer52.com forward slash wrestle anyway, because they're fantastic. Let's talk about what really genuinely feels like a shift in the wrestling landscape. One might say a change of culture. Yeah, there's honestly, Laurie had this note in his review, like his ending line there was like, this feels like a new era of AEW. And I was thinking about this, like as the show was like finishing off, you know, Brian Danielson's in the ring, Adam Cole's with the elite. And I was just in the back of my head going like, wow, I mean, that sets up like loads of new challenges for uh, Kenny Omega, you know, in the course of his title. Obviously, let's not forget CM Punk. Let's not forget the work they're doing with Darby Allen. Oh, yeah, John Moxley's also there. Chris Jericho is still there. Hangman Page is still to come back. And I was like, this is... Like, you look at the lineup of this company now and you compare it to All Out last year, or even, like, two years ago. It's insane how, like, different and how much they've grown as well. And, like, because they got Cole and Danielson on the same show, it really did feel like, hey... A real shift. What it feels to me, I guess like there's, you know, we said new era, Laurie said new era in his review, and that was, he didn't even know he did it. Of course, that was an undisputed era play, which was really fun. Um, to me, this feels more like the end of a season. Mm-hmm. This is the big season finale of Game of Thrones, where no one died, but we've got a whole new bunch of characters or maybe like the end of a marvel phase that's better yeah yeah and now we're entering phase three i guess of aew i would say phase one is from all in 
through to when Tony Khan got the book at mm -hmm. the end of 2019. Agreed. Phase two is kind of the pandemic era. And then over the last couple of months, I think we've actually been living through Ant-Man. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. That, that weird yeah. interphase movie. It was only two weeks ago that CM Punk debuted for this <laughs> company. And now here we are two weeks later. And like, yeah, unfortunately... Bless Ruby Soho. She does feel like the sort of the third wheel. Like it's a big debut mm. and it's a really cool debut and everything, but it doesn't feel like quite as big as CM Punk or Brian Danielson or Adam Cole, baby. Not to you know lessen what she has done uh, in the ring or anything from her career at all. But yeah, like, this did feel like a real big shift. And it's funny. So on the Friday podcast, it was me, Laurie, and Pete, and I. I titled the video like, will we see Adam Cole, Brian Danielson, Ruby Soho debut at All Out? And I also put up pictures like you know, Braun Strowman because it's uh, Titan. Titan. Because it's 90 days up and CJ Perry and the uh, the inspiration and this and the other. It's a bit of like a, could they also possibly do it? And I think it was, it might have been all of us, but Laurie certainly had the point of just like, it's a lot to do on one show. Mm. And I was in agreement with him. And I was like, yeah, I think if I had all of these debuts... I wouldn't have done them all on one show. But as I was watching the pay-per-view this morning, in fact, over the weekend, I was like, you're an idiot, Luke, and this is why you're <laughs> this is why you're not in charge of a wrestling company. Of course you do them all on this show. Because Meltzer um, tweeted out, they think the buy rate expectations for this show might be around the 200,000 mark. For reference... That's big. For reference, Double or Nothing, which I think is their biggest one they've done. I think done. Revolution is. Revolution might be slightly uh, bigger, yeah. Exploding Barbed Wire Deathmatch. But I think that was like at 170, mm. and Double or Nothing was at 150. So like that is a huge jump up, because it's Punk's first match back in seven years. So that's going to add a load of buy rate numbers from, you would presume, new viewers. So yeah, why not front load this yeah. with like Danielson's here? Cole is here. Um, we've got new tag team champions in an insane cage match. Minoru Suzuki is here. Ruby Soho is here. And just like, after every match, I was like, yeah, just debut someone else. Yeah. Just, like, just have everyone come out now. It's Yeah, it's not just, and this is typical of AEW's approach to stuff, it's not just they're changing the business because they're up against anyone. They are doing, you know, they're doing what they think creates the best product. Yeah. And in so doing that has changed the whole wrestling industry. Yeah, it really feels like a fresh place. The new season, the new phase of the AEW cinematic universe. But on your point, do you do it all on the same show? And I've, I think there's arguments for both. Me, personally, in the cold light of day, even though I loved the, the, the swerve, which we'll get into very shortly, I think you, you space these out. Are they, spaces, yeah. I think the reason they've been put forward onto this show is because of the Delta variant. And yeah. there is very, there's uncertainty over whether in the States you'll be able to have a load of people filling an arena in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, because they've got Grand Slam, which is the New York show, which is where Danielson was supposed to debut. Like, that is where, by all reports, mm. uh, he was meant to be at that New York show. Like, he wasn't supposed to debut here. Um, but because, as you say, the Delta variant is sort of like making its presence known. I hate in, that in, faction. It, oh, they're the worst, aren't they? Uh, they could have brought those plans forward. To counter the point of like spreading them out, which I, you know, I, I, again, I, I do see both sides of the argument, yeah. which is, you know, it's weird for the internet. I'm pretty sure you're only supposed to go one way. And you've got to be very extreme in that way. Well, absolutely. Yeah, you cannot see things from both sides. Um, uh, I am. Um, Looking at your live reactions, 
I think it works so much better mm. this way around. Because at the end of the show, Omega retained over Christian Cage. Shocker. Shocker. Absolute shocker. They did not have the five-star classic either, I think. is also not a shocker. And the crowd were pretty bored throughout the match, I would argue. Tired. Also not a shocker. Yes, tired. tired. Also not a shocker. Um, and... <clears throat> After the match, super elite, dicks that they are, started to beat down Christian Cage a little bit more. Jurassic Express run down to make the save. Super elite, beat them up a little bit more as well. The lights go out. And on the screen, it comes up with Adam Cole. Adam Cole comes out. He's got this cool new entrance theme. which It is, a, is good. I've listened to it today. I mean, it's basically his Undisputed Era theme, but with some lyrics. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but do you know what? Thumbs up from me. That's great, <laughs> because that was one of his best themes. Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of the, the, the version you get someone to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't get flagged for copyright when you do a karaoke cover. Well, you're saying it's the Jimmy Hart yeah. version of doing yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. You know? I mean, it is... It sort of smells like Teen Spirit, but, it, <laughs> but if you look at the chord progression, it's not. Um, or look at the notes played. So Adam Cole comes out and he immediately turns heel. Well, and, he, and he does have, establishes himself as a heel. He does have a face off with them. And I, I genuinely, I was, you know, I'm a Marky Mark in real time. I'm very dumb as a wrestling fan. Couldn't see anything coming. I was like, oh, I, I watched it. He's, he's going against the elite. And then Jungle Boy, Brian Alvarez says on his review, like he saw Jungle Boy just get into his feet to the side and he just immediately clocks it. He was like, you're going to have a bad time. <laughs> <laughs> and Cole, of course, super kicks Jungle Boy from, I mean, we'll get into this later as well, the new camera show. You know this, this? No. So underneath or next to the hard cam, they've got a roaming hard cam, which, you know, is pretty standard practice. But it has a different quality. Oh, the, that's what that was. Yeah. The kicks as well. I thought I really, I liked it. Very subtle change, but appreciated. Yeah. So he immediately joins with the elite. And then the Candice promo is like, it's story time with Adam Cole. You know, they, they, do the, hug. they hug, they do the kiss and all the kisses. And stuff. It's tremendous. And Kenny Omega's like, of course he's going to join with us. He's one of our best friends, you idiot. So I guess that's all from me. And he does his go like, ba-bang thing. And then Brian Danielson debuts. And it was, I, you know, when I was, I was like, oh, is this a bit much? It was watching your reactions to it. I was like... I don't tell you what, because they got you. I, didn't, I because, can't believe it. It was be, so obvious. Well, of course, yeah, it is now in hindsight. But at the time, because you're like, oh, yeah, they're not going to end the show with two debuts. Yeah. So Adam Cole's the big debut. That's the big swerve. Everyone thinks it's Danielson. It's actually Cole. To give you both is swerving the swerve. Uh-huh. And I, and it, bro. Bro. And it totally worked. And I think, so, yeah, even with the benefit of hindsight, 100%, I think, doing both of them at the same time was the right move. I I was genuinely sitting back and just being like, well, there's that. Well, I, I guess we're getting a grand slam. That's fine with me. Adam Cole in AEW. They went for the thing we didn't expect, but kind of all... NXT logo comes up in the corner. <laughs> that was the only thing that was missing. I don't even care that it's AEW. <laughs> Make the NXT logo come up. Um, I Yeah, I it's, and it, it's really freshened up everything. I'm incredibly excited. I think everyone is. We had so many people get in touch. Not only this is my first wrestling pay-per-view I bought in 20 years. Wow. A lot of people, decade plus, was the most common. Like, I haven't watched uh, wrestling since 2012 or whatever. It's the first pay-per-view I bought. Equal number of people, this is the first wrestling wow. pay-per-view I've ever bought. And every single one of them, money well spent. I am going to order every single pay-per-view AEW put on for the foreseeable future. 
They have made me a fan. And that's what's important here, because... It's coming back. This won't come back immediately. Yeah. It's not going to be Wednesday, super 1.7 million viewers beating Raw. It's not going to be like that. That's never been the way. Even with WCW and WWF, it never was an instantaneous thing. But this is the start of the, the slow climb up the hill Yeah. for making wrestling cool again. I, Mainstream. I had this point with Pete when we did the Rampage review when Punk came back. And I was like, oh, this was before Pete's time. But do you remember early 2019 when it was me, you, and it was just me, you, and Laurie, basically, were the only people that were like were working here at the time. I think Andy was sort of coming in every now and again. But we would like sat there being like, man, AEW, you know, they're going to have this deal with TNT, apparently. Uh, WWE's moving to Fox. This is it. This is the boom period. Mm. This is that boom period that everyone thinks it's going to be. Finally, that boom period is happening. And then October 2020, uh, October 2019 rolls around, and we're like, oh, or maybe it isn't then. And then the pandemic came. We're like, oh, it definitely isn't now. Well, it was like it was just such like a fall over off the finish the yeah. start line. AW <laughs> big first number, but then like you know it wasn't what we've come to expect from their booking and and just how good the shows are now. And the fiend lost to Seth Rollins. Yeah. Oh, that was the other one as well. We were that like, was oh, big, man. that was the bigger one. Yeah. We we're like, oh, this is going to be it. Like, wrestling is going to be so cool again. <laughs> but yeah, it feels like now, you know, two years on. Maybe this is going to be like we've managed to pick ourselves up off that start line and we're starting to make that slow climb up again. But it was very, very cool. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. We've got loads of Omega chats. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Get them in. We'll read out every single one over $5. Spider65, such an amazing show live. I teared up when the Lucha Bros won the titles. Snowflake. Moxley entered the floor right in front of us. So Spider65 was there. All around and all elite showed from top to bottom. The ending was truly was dynamite. Stephen Guzman, also All Out is now my favorite pay-per-view ever. But I must say, what will be the plan for the New York show now? It's obviously going to be my uh, going to be big. My guess is going to have Eddie win the TNT title there. We'll talk about that in a bit. I don't know. Tony Khan will probably want to do something epic there. I could see them doing Lucha Bros. Proud and Powerful. Mm. Josh Davies, what a cussing show! I've rewatched the end so many times, grinning away and tearing up with excitement every time. First Punk, now Brian and Cole, six out of five show. Now I've got to try to convince my friends who are WWE lifers to watch AEW. Jam that jam. We all thought Big Show and Mark Henry were WWE lifers. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny, I was watching uh, the the uh, post-show scrums, media scrums, because mm-hmm. um, I've, I've got a news episode going out later on. And in, in that, one person called him Daniel Bryan. Like, he calls him Daniel. And he goes, Daniel, who's that? <laughs> the Raven effect. I was hyped for the show, but not as much as other AEW pay-per-views. Then it over-delivered. The cage match was amazing. Both women's matches delivered. Punk Derby was great. And the twisty turny ending, I couldn't sleep after I was so excited. Uh, Dartrain24, last night was so good that you didn't get an ultra chat from me. I just sat with you guys on loud enough to hear you, with the TV on loud enough to hear them, but without phone in hand. I just watched and loved pro wrestling. Jam that effing jam. Uh... Kiara Angela Nasty. A friend, a friend said, if this is a simulation, install me the mods. You think we just witnessed uh, Foley's title win on Raw, but for a whole pay-per-view? Is this a game changer when it comes to ratings? Me to following AEW confirmed. AEW took it personally with Laurie's hype. Yeah, so I think that was from the Friday show. I said to Laurie, are you excited for the show? And he went, yeah. Well, you know, you said it, it wasn't a great looking card on paper. It really wasn't. It was just that punk one mainly. Uh, Keith Lloyd, my fiance, who is a big Hangman fan, was down on watching All Out, even saying she would go to bed easily uh, early. <laughs> go to bed easily. Well, if Hangman Page is not on TV, <laughs> that did not happen because she was very entertained. Once she saw Ruby, another favorite of hers, debut and win, she was hooked. Five out of five. The new era of AEW jam that jam. Alan Monson, what a pay-per-view this was. All Out last night was my first AEW pay-per-view I've watched, and I enjoyed it so much. Really good matches and angles, but Cole and Brian coming out in the final angle was the cherry on top as I marked out. Can't wait to see Dynamite. Because what else is on Dynamite, Luke? Oh, my God. John Mo- I mean, it's previously just been advertised as John Moxley's homecoming. Cool. Grand. It's now John Moxley versus Minoru freaking Suzuki. I... Marked out so hard. Mm-hmm. Hard as a teenager who was just discovered Babe Station. It was. <laughs> what? Oh man, it was so cool. FTG. <laughs> Honestly, when it came out, I was like, 
Oh, like when they they panned at the screen, it's like yeah. Minoru Suzuki and Jim Ross are going like, "What's going on? What does this mean?" <laughs> I was like, "It says so. It says it up on the screen, Jim." Well, when it, the King came up, I was like, oh, "Okay, Eddie Kingston's coming." <laughs> nope, nope. Uh, Kevin Kelly has tweeted, you know, the best commentator of all time. Oh yeah, he said, "Just don't look him in the eyes." <laughs> but advice to my AW commentator colleagues. Uh, Crew Kid 52, what's an, what an absolutely stellar pay-per-view. AEW was showing it uh, in various theatres around the country, and it was such an awesome experience. We all just about jumped through the roof when Adam Cole came out, and then jumped even higher when Danielson came out. Five out of five. A lot of people uh, who got in, t- in touch were at the theatre to watch this. Yeah, well, I think it's a really cool way to, to watch a wrestling show, actually. Sam Wall, I'll just do three more. Remember less than two years ago when Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole were main eventing SmackDown for the NXT title? Me neither. In all seriousness, that was probably my favourite AEW show ever. Keep up the great work, boys. Jam that jam. Sawyer, haven't got to Ultra Chat in quite a while uh, with new job schedule and all, but today's a holiday in the US and last night I just watched the best wrestling pay-per-view in forever. This company! (laughs) And finally, for now, we'll get to the rest of your chats after the main play-by-play review. Gavin, hey Ollie and Luke, still on a high from the amazing pay-per-view last night, although that could be the sleep deprivation since I watched it live and it ended at 5am for me. How did you find the length of the show? Yep, too long. (laughs) (laughs) What was it, like 3 hours 45? Four. Yeah, yeah, three hours 45. Yeah. But it's got the hour-long pre-show. Yeah, I mean, I will say, I only just watched the pre-show match, yeah. like, about ten minutes before we came in to watch this, uh, came in to do this. Yeah, um, I I don't, so I get that it's a long, like, you've only got four a year. Uh, I don't think anything has to be above three hours. I can't think of a single thing I want to watch that's three hours long. Hmm. Over three hours. Can you? If a, mo- if a movie was over three hours, I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm putting it off. Yeah, I mean, when I went to go see It Chapter 2 at the pictures, not knowing how long it was. And during that, I was like, poof, this is quite a long But that's movie. two hours 40. Well, and then my point I was going to yeah. make was, when it was then on, like, home entertainment, like, streaming, I was like, oh, do you want to watch it? My wife was like, oh, absolutely, I can't wait to watch that. And I said, it is two hours 40. And she was like, we need to build up to this. Because mm. that's too long for a film. Even if it too. Yeah, even for a film, I was really excited about it. Two hours 40 minutes was far too long. Yeah. Um, Right, let's get into the play-by-play review. I did not take notes because I just enjoyed watching the show. Um, you can so tell that you were having it. You won't do the review later, were you? <laughs> well, yeah. I think uh, coming back into the office, this is whoever does the live reactions should not be making a video the next day. Yeah. Just, uh, I mean, I've, I've done an eight-hour shift before this podcast. That. Oh, yeah, before, before this podcast this, yeah, yeah. started. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it worked out. I mean, you did start, though. Worked out great. <laughs> Um, so the pre-show match was the Hardy family office taking on the best friends in Jurassic Express. Fun spots! Oh, I Adam hadn't watched this either. Adam stayed up to watch the paper last night and we were chatting about this one bit. He also hadn't watched the buy-in show. And I actually remembered just as I was having some lunch, oh my god, I haven't watched the mm. buy-in show match yet. And I've watched that now, so I loaded up YouTube to watch it. And we had a whale of a time. Because, silly fun nonsense. Yeah. They may as well have all been wearing t-shirts being like, no, no, this is real. Doesn't matter though. <laughs> it, they were just doing like PWG spots. <laughs> they did just wacky wrestling nonsense. At the end of it, I said, 
Fun that. I would describe that in one word, delightful. Yeah. I had a grand old time. But don't bury the lead, buddy, because we should have actually titled the, the review this. The Butcher Returned. <laughs> oh, Butcher. A main man, oh, Butcher, with his cool walk and his big walrusy moustache and his massive body. Oh, he's been gone for seven months. Yeah, he has been gone for, it's been like he's gone for ages. I yeah, hope he's yeah. okay. He seemed great when he came back into the ring. They tried to cut Orange Cassidy's hair in the post-match beatdown, which says to me... I don't know, I clearly didn't watch the rest of the time. The, I just saw the finish. There is a hair versus hair build happening here mm. like why would you orange i don't look at orange casty and think hair you know yeah you look at him and think sunglasses exactly so matt hardy's getting his hair shaved in a couple of months yeah yeah, yeah. well i mean yeah thinning up on top maybe it makes sense for him to do so fun little he a good way to finish off this feud a very one-sided feud the good guys constantly going the good guys constantly win at the but start now butcher's back at the start of this when matt hardy kept going like tagging orange casty i was like He's beating you, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, why? Why are you still on this? But yeah, I thought this was fun, 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 and fun. Yeah, I still don't see the point of a pre-show. Uh, the <laughs> main cut pay-per-views. I'm already buying it. I, I've been. Oh, really... okay. So just because so you're one person that has bought yes. it, then scrap the whole thing. Yeah. Ollie's buying it. So why are we bother doing this? Finally, you're talking <laughs> sense. I would genuinely like. You know, this is easily doable. Whatever the pre-show is, because it's on YouTube or Fight. But you have the the link. Like you can get that data. How many more buys do you get from the pre-show? I don't think it's that many. Yeah. I, well, I mean, we got fun. Got fun match out of it. I enjoyed that match more than I enjoyed some of the matches on the main card. Mm. So thumbs up for that. Well, the opener was an absolute treat of the main card. TNT title. Miro versus Eddie Kingston. Miro is just. I can't think of many more people in wrestling who completely fire on all cylinders. Mm -hmm. Like, Miro, Miro's character, yep. for what it is, nobody is doing their version of their character better than Miro is right now. This was, yeah, tremendous stuff. Like, when he makes his entrance, the Redeemer, the way he stands on the turnbuckle and he, like, presents the title to God, it's just, he gets it. It's a great character. And then, like, the stuff he does throughout the match is really, really good. The near fall off the back fist and DDT, because they build the whole thing around. Eddie has got his weakness. It's the DDT. It's his neck. So he's going for that. And he hits the back fist and hits the DDT. But the referee, idiot referee, was so distracted by a turnbuckle pub, he like, adoy, and he missed the pin. I, oh man, I totally bought it. But and and also the way Miro got in at the end was he did redeem those nuts. <laughs> he did and the nuts, Bill. Yeah, yeah, he the did. nuts kicked him right in those nuts. Uh, and that was another great officiating. I think it was Bryce, wasn't it? Bryce might have been Bryce Remsburg. Anyway, he was but referees backed into the corner. M Miro's there, and then Eddie's behind him, and Bryce is like. <laughs> you know, looking up anywhere other than where the foot's going to go into the Well, it's because he was also talking to Eddie. Because what happened was, is that Eddie was trying to push Miro into yes. the exposed turnbuckle. And the referee got in the way to be like, no, you can't do that. That would be cheating. Mm. Miro used that distraction to hit the low blow uh, and get the win with a, a matchka kick. I must say, any sorts of bits of tomfoolery like that in the match restart in Jericho MJF, they went above and beyond to make those spots make sense. Yeah. Because, yeah, that the turnbuckle had already been exposed. Exactly. Yeah, really good. Miro, ah, just, yeah, brilliant. Miro retains, 
But he maintains through nefarious means, presumably setting up a rematch. Potentially, Eddie Kingston wins it in New York at Grand Slam. Yeah, and I also love as well, one of the things I'm really enjoying about AEW, as I have done from day one, wins and losses mean something. Mm. And they were talking about here, and this comes up again later in the Kenny Omega match as well. Um, uh, Miro's matches have got an average time length of seven minutes. They were really putting over the fact that he's got short title defense. He's also the most uh, successful TNT champion so far. And like they were like doing all of these sorts of stats and like putting over that wins and losses mean something. So him kind of like getting this cheat to win, you're like, oh man. Mm. But it also was like one of the longer title matches that he's had. So there's all these different factors to it. That you, when you book a monster like Miro, and we've seen it in WWE so many times, they they have a very short shelf life of interest because they're too strong. Like Braun Strowman, after a while, you're like, well, what do you do? Run into a barricade again? But with Miro, they've yeah, it's like, can he go the distance? Does he have the conditioning? The DDT. His head and neck, yeah, like, oh, brilliantly done. Uh, good, good use of kryptonite to give someone flaws. After that, John Moxley versus Satoshi Kojima, which I, you know, I don't think many people were like, yes, let's do this. Uh, the, the story of this pay per view over delivered, fantastic match, real New Japan style, loads of chops. Yeah, loads Ooh. of exchanging forearms. Yeah, fun stuff this was. I think Moxley had a whale of a time doing it. Mm. Is it as big as the Tanahashi match that it was supposed to be? No. But they over-delivered by giving you a, a really fun match and then the moment afterwards with Minoru Suzuki coming out. Yeah, so uh, Moxley wins off uh, two paradigm shifts. Although, you know, the, they're turning more into suplexes. Yeah, he does, he does that after a while, yeah. Like, he sort of powers up and he's like, and over you go. I, I just like the, the Death Rider variation where it's up and down. Yeah. Not up and, and over. over. <laughs> um, but Moxie wins. And then, yeah, the king appears on the Titantron. Just the, the words, the king. And then we're like, what? And yeah, it's freaking Minoru Suzuki. Kazunina Ray plays Excalibur saying, I never thought I would hear cousin you know right? playing <laughs> at an AEW show the crowd were like because like you know because he's awesome right Suzuki's great mm. and he's there almost like conducting the crowd doing like the thing because he hasn't been able to experience this for some time mm. now because even at New Japan shows in Japan they're not allowed to cheer because of you know they're very protective of sort of like let's not spread this deadly virus so you it's, people just wrestle in, in relative silence so like here he seemed to be dead excited to be able to hear and he was like building the crowd up and everything and you could feel this like palpable like whoa for a while go Carlson it's like this whole crowd explodes the roof came off it was so cool and then he gets in the ring with Moxley and I I this was the point where I said oh, I wish I was watching this with Ali live yeah, yeah. <laughs> well I, I thought they were gonna do a stare down and there you go next match nope they just started laying into each other a lot. Yeah. And then Suzuki gets him in the choke. Uh, Gotch pile driver lays him out. Brilliant. So good. Yeah. I think because everyone was so focused on Danielson debuting, that this this really caught me by a massive surprise. Same here. Uh, second match on the card. And it really set you up for what else is going to happen. Might Chris Jericho retire? Christian isn't winning. <laughs> oh, yeah, Christian was <laughs> never winning, though. But really, really good. I lo Again, I loved the, the actual match as well. Yeah. I, I really, really, really like that. 
Um, and yeah, we'll see Moxley versus Suzuki on Dynamite on Wednesday. On Dynamite, everyone. Murder Grandpa himself. <laughs> Yeah, he did look really happy. Yeah, he loved it, yeah. Terrifying. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, it's because he's like, oh, man, I get to murder someone. <laughs> Brilliant. That's one of my favourite things to do. I'm like, I'm so nervously excited. It's, it's, it puts a unique emotion in me. Uh, then we had the AEW Women's Championship, Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander. The crowd got into this. They were, you know, this is awesome chant. For me, I'd, after the first two matches, I'm not into this feud. I don't think Baker has been... I feel like Baker is sort of not being booked to the extent of how she's in the way that she's over. So I just I wasn't really invested in this match. I thought it was predictable, but I can appreciate Chris Statlander's strength. Yeah, core blindly she can lift people up. She certainly can. I think AEW's women's division was exposed on this show, mm-hmm. uh, particularly when we get to the Casino Battle Royale. And when everyone, like, you know, there was 20 people that made their entrance there, and I was like, oh, wow, none of you feel like you are title contenders. And, yeah. like, Statlander was like, with the exception of maybe Thunder Rosa, I was like, oh, wow, yeah, none of you feel like you're, like, ready for the next level. And Statlander <coughs> was like, you know, she had to be the choice here. The only spot of this match I didn't particularly like was when she went for her pendulum moonsault thing, because, like, so Baker's on the outside, oh, yeah. and Statlander looks back, and she swings her leg up and she does this moonsault thing. Baker literally just takes half a step backwards and Statlander face plants. I was like, yeah. what were you thinking? Like, that you were, you were never going to hit her from there. Yeah. I guess it's different to Punk's just sit-up spot from the coffin. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, even the commentators, they were just like, well, that was dumb. Like, what, <laughs> what were you thinking? But it did lead to Baker doing the, um, the stomp. And, like, I think Baker's so good. The problem is, I think Baker at the moment just feels like a class above everyone else. Mm. Yeah. And I, I don't think she needs um, hater. she's kind of outgrown Rebel as well like I love them all as individuals I just think the sum of the parts is now less than probably what Baker could be by herself or hear me out Baker with Adam Cole in the Elite um yeah 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 Elite has another title they like champions yeah it's true yeah I mean I'm not not against the idea it could be terrible I'm not wedded to that idea it just something speaks to me about it the only thing that gives me pause is um, what I I said on a Dynamite review the other week, which is that like one of the things that the women's division is sorely missing is like factions. Mm. Um, Baker has her own faction, but all the other women just seem to be part of factions with lads. Like there are men's factions, and women are just part of it, as opposed to like there's no faction warfare in in AEW for the women's division, which feels weird because everything in the men's division is based around faction warfare. Mm-hmm. Um, on the Cole-Baker relationship, though, just before the lockjaw finish, uh, Chris Statlander tapped out, we had the Pittsburgh Sunrise. Marked out for that, man. That was cool. That was very cool. So, of course, the Panama Sunrise move from Adam Cole, Baker hits it. And that was the second tease in just like five days because she did the free agent contract signing thing on Dynamite. Yeah. Yet I still didn't think this show. I thought, oh, yeah. right, a couple of weeks. Okay, I get you. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, I still think that the Panama Sunrise is the dumbest Canadian <laughs> destroyer. Yeah, it's just a little hop. Yeah, it adds literally nothing to it. Like, you are you are stepping down to be at the same level as them. Whoa, it's the momentum. It creates... You get a little no, hop. It's, no, it's, it is the dumbest Canadian destroyer. Uh, Andrade El Idolo was backstage to do a uh, Batman voice, essentially. <laughs> I think this is a new voice. He's talking about how... No, pa- not. He was talking about how packs travel arrange... 
this feud, well, you know, hopefully it gets good eventually. I'm sure there's extenuating circumstances outside of their control. But right now, it is a feud about who's booked whose car, which is, yeah. I, I don't, you know, it's not grabbing me. But I think Andrade realizes this. Because now it does Batman voice. I don't think he was doing a Batman voice. I did Batman voice. Is that what Andrade talks? I don't, I don't remember him being this gravelly. Yeah, yeah. This is the, he has been this gravelly in, in all of his dynamite appearances. Mm-hmm. Um, I my favorite thing about this, or when I was watching it, I was like, oh, that's, I, I probably would have rehearsed this before you went on camera. Because <laughs> Andrade turned to Chavo at one point and said, "Did you cancel the flight?" Chavo, not expecting to be asked a question, was like, uh, um, "I'm sorry, what?" <laughs> he looks good, Chavo. Oh, he looks great. I think he looks really good. Um, so Rampage will see Pack versus Andrade. I'm Andrade. I'm El Idolo. Then we got match of the night, probably match of the year. I can't think of many matches that are... WrestleMania Triple Threat, I think I liked it more than... Yeah, the Triple Threat at Double or Nothing. Oh yeah, way more than that. Um, Yeah, Lucha Bros finally winning the AEW Tag Team Championships against the Young Bucks in a steel cage. So can I take you on a little journey through Luke's psychosis? Mm -hmm. I have been saying all week, Lucha Bros are winning the belts. It makes the most sense because they've got the steel cage. They've been establishing the steel cages there to keep the goons out. That's how the Bucks are going to lose their belts to protect the... doesn't really protect the Bucks, but it just means like it's a way to get the belts off of them. Also, every champion's a heel. They want to have a big baby face win on there. Makes sense to do with the tag titles. They did the tournament eliminate thing. It just makes sense for the Lucha Bros to win here. Everything is set up for the Lucha Bros. Yesterday, I changed my Wrestle League prediction. What? Because. To the Bucks. I woke up in the morning and I was like, the storyline's the Dark Order. Dark Order are going to be the ones to dethrone him because that's the storyline. Because. Your own head. I did. I got into my own head <laughs> and I changed my prediction to the Young Bucks. And that caused me to not have a perfect card in Wrestle League. That was my one incorrect pick that I made. Oh. And it was because of my own stupid fault. I just talked myself into it. I woke up thinking like, yeah, they were doing that storyline with the Dark Order. Surely it's got to be Reynolds and Silver that dethroned them because mm. that's the story they were telling. Because I'm an idiot. I'm such a mark. That was the story they were telling here, but now they've zigged and I thought they were going to zag. Now actually they're zogging. I'm an idiot. And when they made their big entrance here and they had the, the rappers out with them, I, I literally thought to myself, you're an idiot. Mm. Of course they're winning. You've been saying it all week they're going to win. Yeah, Luch Bros had a spectacular entrance. Oh, so Rappers, cool. they had these huge sort of carnival headdresses on. They looked awesome. Penta always looks awesome. Phoenix is one of the best wrestlers in the world. Most exciting to watch, at least. And uh, yeah, they just... Uh, the Young Bucks, Nick Jackson in particular, his facial hair was offensive. Like I, I, I wrote here, Nick's beard is out of control. Like there's, there's a, people have been cancelled for far nicer things. Do you know what? I, I, so here was my headcanon for why he did it. So if you haven't seen the show, he's got like a, you know, a dark beard, which he looks like he's painted darker, <laughs> but has painted the handlebar of the beard like a, a nude skin color. Yeah, so he's going for Heel Hogan, right? Well, but it's not bleached. No, I think he's trying to make himself look like Austin Aries. I guess it, it's, it's kind of got like the chin strap with like the thing going up. Well, then just shave the, the, the No, bar. no, it's funnier this way. Because I, I, was, I was like, who is one of the biggest dicks in wrestling? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's Austin Aries. <laughs> he's trying to look like, I mean, he probably wasn't. I think he was just trying to do the bleached Hogan yeah, thing. Yeah, but he, bad on purpose. Oh, but it looked so bad. Uh, totally on purpose because the the commentators are like, "Have you seen the state of Nick Jackson's beard?" 
it makes because they are knobs, and it made me love them even more. Yeah. Like the, the elite's commitment to <laughs> to dressing awfully. I didn't see them, but apparently Don Callis's shoes were horrible. <laughs> Because he's wearing the, like the Vince McMahon salmon suit yeah. thing, like the pink salmon suit, which JR is burying on commentary at every opportunity. And JR, like at one point, he sat down. And he's like, "Is that the same suit you've been wearing for the last five shows?" Like, I've got different pink suits, Jim. Yeah. So yeah, that that was. I mean, we haven't even talked about the match no. itself. So it's a very unique style of match: a tornado tag in a cell. Yeah. There's not there's not space for you to stand on the apron, really. Although they found space to do dives in that area. And that means, like, for, for a tag match structure, you can't build to a hot tag. You can't, you know, you think, okay, well, maybe you take the route of a, uh, a fatal four-way or a triple threat then. Have someone go out the ring while the others work over someone. No, you can't do that either. So it was just non-stop, back and forth, creative, innovative spots yep. that were tied together in a just up and down story of, oh my God, are they going to change the belts? Yeah, I totally, every, like, seemingly every spot I was changing my mind of mm. just like, of who I thought was going to win the belts. Because there was a moment I was so sure it was the, the Lucha Bros. But then after a while I was like, oh, when the Bucks got like the, the, the thumbtack shoe out, that, I was was like, the, that was the big bit. I was like, oh my God, they're going to retain again. Mm. I, I've, I've done it, I'm a genius, they're going to retain. And then like, they kept like working me and working me and working me. It was just masterful at all times. I've got literally one complaint about this. I've got one complaint about this, and it's such a minor thing. Canadian Destroyer should have been hit off the top of the cage? No, that was great. Actually, it was much safer to do it the way that they did it um, <laughs> than off the top. Rel well, yeah, yeah, it's relatively safe. Rel relatively safer than... A Canadian Destroyer off the top rope is safer than off the top of the tallest cage I've ever seen. It was, it was safer than the one they did it all out two years ago. Yes. So that's a thumbs up for me. No, no. I really wish someone had clued in Jim that it was Tornado Tag. Because <laughs> at one point, Jim was like, man, tag rules are not being obeyed here. I was like, of course, Jim, it's a cage match. Where are they going to stand? What are you talking about? Jim Ross is going like, oh, we really wish the referee would get control of these tag rules. And I'm like, Jim, it's a Tornado Tag Team match. They're in a cage, you salty prick. What are you going to do? Disqualify someone for not obeying the tag rules? I want to watch FTR. Where are FTR are like, come, FTR there? Come on, Jim. Come. <laughs> sure, as someone on the comms, Jim, it's a tornado attack. Mm -hmm. Don't bring that up. Yeah. Uh, the, so the, the boot Luke was referring to was one of their stupidly expensive trainers. Seven grand, I don't know. And not even like in the last part of the match. I thought we were entering <laughs> no, the final I third. Well. I think it was actually the first quarter. Uh, Brandon Cutler. What a throw. Yeah, a lot of pressure on that guy. He's got to throw a bag with the shoe in over the tallest cage. Yeah. And he did it straight into Matt Jackson's arms. Yeah, Matt Jackson ju nearly caught it as well, but just <sighs> sort of, like, slightly fumbled it towards the end. Mm. I would say, though, Cutler is so good at this role. If he'd have missed it, it would have been so much better because he, yeah, yeah. they would have done like a whole routine about it. It's like when Kenny slipped when he tries to do his moonsault off the barricade. Just slipped, slipped down and was like, whoop, nope. <laughs> I'm not doing it that way. You thought I was doing it this way. I'm actually going to do it this way. I think they would have made it work. But yeah, it didn't the first time. Mm. And like, I think he threw it in Tony Schwann was like, it's the first good thing that man's ever done. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's a, like a Nike Air Force Jordan. Yeah, cool. A Nike Air Force Jordan 1 with just loads of thumbtacks on the bottom. 
Matt Jackson puts the shoe on. You know, and they hit the Lucha Bros a ton of times, blood everywhere, but then the shoe comes off. Matt Jackson's just walking around in a sock for ages. I'm like, I'm sure Andy Datsun was having a, a nightmare watching. A that. whack. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> and, yeah, I, I mean, how did the, the finish even happen? Oh, there, there was a great, great spot where they're going to kill Phoenix. Yeah. Oh, but yes. Penta, but Penta just sat in front of him. The older brother, take me instead. So like, all right, and, and hit him. Oh my God, yeah. I, they hit the BTE trigger on Penta as well. And Phoenix making the save. Like when they hit the BTE trigger, this entire Chicago and traveling well, crowd said, that's the finish. And they were like, almost you could hear this sigh of like, cannot believe that prick with that beard has retained the tag titles. And Phoenix makes the save at the last moment. This crowd came uh, like unglued. Mm. They were so, so in to the idea of the Lucha Bros winning the belts. And it like after that, it just kicked up into another gear. And it kept going, it kept going. When they were all doing the Mexican super kickoff, and they were all like on wobbly legs and stuff, I, oh my, I just I loved everything. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to watch this match multiple, multiple times over. Yeah, it'll probably be, you know, if not the best match of the year for many people, it's going to be number two or three. Uh, but the finish was Phoenix climbs to the top of the cage. Nick Jackson tried to go up there with him. I was like... Oh, yeah. Do you know what I thought was? Good Spanish fly. Oh, good. <laughs> but Phoenix kicked him off and then did a crossbody off the top. And I think it was an assisted package power driver to win. Yeah. New tag team champions. And, you know, for a cage match, you think Young Bucks, Lucha Bros in a cage match. And we've saw th we saw this with the ladder match at the uh, All Out a couple of years ago. Great match. Almost took me out of it a few times because they just did stuff that was too crazy, out of control. And I, I, I was like, I'm no longer enjoying this as in the way I should be. Yeah. This match was... I never once felt that. They were doing crazy, amazing things, but I never was like, oh, that's too much. You've yeah. lost me. Yeah, yeah. The, I, I thought the thumbtack shoe was a stroke of genius in this because then it wasn't yeah. about the high schools. <laughs> it was about the, the gore that you can get out of this instead. Penza was already bleeding a gusher at this point anyway. And because he's got the contacts in, I thought he got blood in his eye because it looked like it was like just gross and stuff. I was the, the other thing I wanted to shout out one of my favorite moments of this is when they're trying to tear off the masks. Um, of the Lucha Bros and Don Callis and commentary like you know the babyface commentators like wow how could they do this how disrespectful and Don Callis just said we don't care about their customs <laughs> <laughs> yeah I can't I can't believe I'm gonna praise this match for their restraint yeah yeah but that's essentially what I'm doing and I think it's all the better for it absolutely and after the match as well Penta like Phoenix was like yelling at Penta we have to get out of the ring we've got to go celebrate on the ramp that's the shot that we've got to do and Penta's in the ring being like come in hello no. Yeah, no, no, no. He no, was no. like signaling to someone in the crowd. It turns out he was signaling to was his kids. And he runs down and he gives them a hug. And it was like a genuinely a, such a wonderful moment. Yeah. And then the kids walked away with their dad's blood all over their face. <laughs> <laughs> That's wrestling. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, it's a weird sport, this, isn't it? Uh, after that, you know, good luck following that. Yeah, so yeah. they put probably the only match they could have done to. To, to go on next, which was the women's casino battle royal, because really the way the match is structured, it's not really a match. You just pop in for entrances, so it's a different kind of pop. Um, yeah, I don't think we're into the casino battle royal format still. I mean, this is the best version of it. 
It took them, you know, four or five of them, but I think they've now sort of got it nailed. I don't think the camera team have. Well, ah, well, here's the thing: is they sort of have now because rather than you popping for the last person in the group, you pop for the first person. You actually have the biggest star come out first because they go down and do their big spots, while the camera focuses on them doing their spots, missing everyone else doing their entrances, and a few people. Getting, getting, eliminated. getting eliminated. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, this this match was not good. Um, it, it was so. AEW's women divisions had the same problem it's had since day one, which is when Triple H was uh, trying to be Ring of Honor and wanted to sign all of the best talent in the world. He signed all of the best women's wrestlers on the planet to the point when AEW started. NXT UK was a big part of that as well. When a when AEW started, the biggest name they had was Britt Baker. And even then, Britt Baker was not like mm. she's not the Britt Baker she is now. She was like this prototype <coughs> Britt Baker. She was just smiling, baby face. But she was the most established star that they could get, and they've said, which is why they built the entire division around her. What that means is that AEW spent the last two, three years using their women's division as like a developmental thing, building up a new crop of stars. Very, very smart thing to do. Incredible, really. You've got to, you know, uh, give them credit for that. But then you send out 20 of them into this battle royal and it just exposed the fact. It's like, oh, yeah, you're all like in your first year. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, you know, the waves of five entrants. Um, but also on top of that, I think this was this match. Very rare for an AEW show had the crowd booing booking decisions. So Sky Blue, who was a local competitor, added in late to the match. She was because she impressed Tony Khan so much. Real nice. Feel good story. She was eliminated within the first minute and the crowd booed that they were like well, what's what's the point of adding her in so i thought because she was eliminated by abaddon and i was like oh okay because then they'll have hikaru shida eliminate abaddon and you can get the big baby face pop for hikaru shida mm. no the bunny eliminated her the heel yeah so all of a sudden the crowd are cheering the heel the bunny for eliminating abaddon so just like some of the just didn't really i, I thought the same thing about sky blue mm. i was like why'd you bother then yeah uh, and all of like the Japanese talent, Shida, Riho, Sakura, it was like, oh no, we're only going to wrestle each other. And then they all got eliminated pretty early as well. And that, like Riho and Shida are two former AEW Women's Champions. Why aren't they in there till the end? Yeah. Why are they just getting un... Like, I think we missed Rio's elimination. The commentators missed it. Yeah. Because, like, she got... She was over the top rope and then just sort of, like, crumpled and then, like, fell off the, the ring apron. It looked like something <laughs> had gone wrong because they, like, the commentators were like, did she get eliminated? I thought she went under the rope. Mm. Like, they, they didn't see it at all. Like, it, it, there was... Some of it was really, really messy. I like the fact that Bunny made it towards the end because I think that, you know, she's really, really great. But, Yeah. This match was what it was. It was mostly designed, and, and no one will be talking about that. They'll all be talking about who was the Joker, who yeah. won the match, and it was Ruby Soho. That was really cool. She came out, she looked so happy. She said in the interviews afterwards, no one's ever chanted for me before. Yeah. I was like, really? <laughs> so I was watching that press conference. Uh, it was not the press conference, the media yeah, scrumping yeah. afterwards. And I was watching on like uh, in the office because I was getting the notes for the news. And Adam laughed and he said, isn't it weird how everyone goes to AEW and the first thing they say is just like, God, people are really nice backstage here. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, they say hello to people. Yeah. It's like a, a wrestlers from WWE going across to AEW, the first thing that they're taken aback by is just like, wow, people have got like the barest minimum of <laughs> politeness backstage. And it's really nice. Yeah. Well, the the... The final of the match, it came down to Ruby Soho versus Thunder Rosa. 
they went for a couple of minutes. Good. That was good. That was probably that was so great. By far the best thing in the whole match. Easily. And they're fighting on the apron, really tense near the end. Soho wins. Yeah. She'll be facing Baker. When um, before the Joker came out, the crowd were chanting for Ruby Soho. And I was mm. like, well, it better be her now because if it isn't, <laughs> this, this debut is going to give like a wet fart. But I it was Soho. I thought she looked amazing. She is a much needed injection into that women's division. And I thought the, the final three of her, Rosa and Rose, was actually easily the best stuff in the match. Um, I actually really enjoyed Nyla Rose in this match. I thought she was great. But Thunder Rose is like, like Baker, is like, they're, they're a level above everyone else. So there were times when Rosa was like, I was like, oh man, you're the biggest star mm, here yeah. by leaps and bounds until Rose, uh, uh, until Rojo came out. So Rojo. I keep Rojo. saying Rojo. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I slightly disagree. I think Ruby Soho had a good final bit, but the immediate part following her debut, she was run over by Nyla Rose. I think she hit two moves and then she's, she's wiped out. Why, isn't she, why, why aren't people, people bumping and feeding? Mm. Everyone there should be like, but taking a finisher, boom, taking another kick. Yeah. Like what but no, it's just like immediately just another person there. I I don't I unfortunately I do not have any confidence in AEW's women's division. So many times we've been like, this is the bit. This is the yeah. bit. So whenever you say, Ruby Soho, this is the much needed injection of life this division needs, I no, you know, you're right. I've, I've seen this fizzle out so many times. Yeah, so I, yeah, I think you're right. I'll believe it when I see it, yeah. unfortunately. After that, we got Chris Jericho versus MJF, which was just brilliant from the start. Well, it was very good. I feel like the crowd were exhausted now after yeah. the, the cage match. Um, and Soho. Yeah, they and were Soho. so into Soho. Uh, but MJF's entrance, the old Jericho countdown clock from the North, the year 1999. And you're like, oh, Jericho's coming out with that. But no, it's a countdown to Jericho's last match. MJF walks out. Oh, the the heelist of heel entrances. It was uh, it was really good because it's what people were saying, you know, about Punk, about you know, play of Cold's personality, but MJF comes out. Yeah, I think you kind of got that with this because I think that it really worked. This match was totally fine uh, as a, like, an in ring match. The finish I thought was amazing though. Mm. The finish was so good because a I didn't see this finish coming, and b they totally suckered the crowd with it as well. So the finish was. MJF, um, like Wardlow and um, Hager sort of brawl, you know, King Kong versus Godzilla, they sort of like go to the back. MJF hits Jericho with Floyd in the gut and then hits Judas Effect. And he goes and he gets the pin. Aubrey counts one, two, three, and she's looking at the shoulders. And Jericho gets his foot on the ropes at the last second, but Aubrey doesn't see the foot. So she counts the three points that the timekeeper says MJF is the winner. MJF's music plays. And this crowd all of a sudden went, wait, what? Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah. They actually did retire Jericho. Oh no! I because everyone went into this match being like Jericho's never retired. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't. I no. was. I I feel like I was the most. Oh, I don't know which way it's going to go. Yeah, it was uh, apparently Adam was as well because mm. Adam changed his. He had MJF down to win this as well because oh, he wow. talked himself into it. And um, yeah, it, they totally suckered the crowd with it. It, it. Me included, by the way. I totally bought into this finish. I was like, oh my god. I mean, Jericho has got a legitimate claim because he did have his foot on the ropes. Maybe that's how they'll get around Yeah, this. yeah, that's what I was thinking. And then another referee runs down and tells Aubrey. And when that referee runs down to speak to Aubrey, <laughs> this crowd gets, like, amped up because they're like, oh, they're yeah. going to reverse the decision. And they do. And they announce that the match continues. This crowd goes nuts. And they went into this very quick near-fall sequence. Eventually, uh, they tap him out with the walls of Jericho and Jericho wins. 
I thought it was genius. The the way they had the other referee out there was to break up Wardlow and Hager. So there was reason for him to be out there as well. So anyone going like, oh, but it exposes all the other times yeah. that a referee misses something. No, the, because there was another referee at ringside to help out. So I thought, again, going above and beyond making stuff make sense, which is very appreciated. Uh I'll also put over MJF selling of his lower back. Yes. Oh, that was great. Like very early on, started selling the lower back. And I immediately thought it was like, oh, that's a good way to like tap out mm. to the walls. Because, and like then when he won, quote unquote, when he won, I was like, what a red herring. Yeah. What a red herring <laughs> that they he had him sell the back to make me think it was going to be the walls of Jericho. He, he did, he hit this sort of revert. Jericho's going for the top rope Harakam Rana. And MJF just like, really clumsily but in an awesome way counters it into a sit-down powerbomb from the top rope but he springs up being like oh my lower back yeah really really good stuff um but yeah it just had that i think the people were just tired for the first half but they really got into it by the end uh cm punk versus darby allen then came up uh <clears throat> Darby Allen got his usual emo video of a guy in a body bag being helicoptered around and Darby jumped off the helicopter. Yep, he's he's very cool. <laughs> I'm Darby Allen. This is helicopter jump. <laughs> uh this was Have you seen the Bret Hart stuff? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. With um with one, two, three kids. Yeah, so people have pointed out, I went over my head at the time. This is the five separate spots in this match are mirror images of Bret Hart versus one, two, three kids. So uh, X Park, uh, Sean Walkman in the early 90s when Bret Hart was putting over this new young kid in the WWF. Yeah, even like the very first spot that they do, which is like they go for the collar and elbow tie up. And it's Darby that gets like the arm drag over, and Punk sits there and he smiles and like shakes his head. And it is literally beat for beat the exact same thing so this feels like punk sat darby down and was like all right kid this is before you were born mm. but let's watch this match together <laughs> here's my favorite wrestler yeah yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah like here's what we'll watch this now and this is what i want to do i yeah. want to like replicate these with you because it's such a great way but i i thought it was this wasn't like a five-star match but it didn't need to be yeah. this was exactly what it needed to be which is punk's first match back punk went out there played the greatest hits made Darby look really, really good. He sold really well. He proved that there was no ring rust on him whatsoever. And he hit the GTS twice and got the win. Great. The first GTS spot, he hits it, but Darby recoils out the ring, like through the ropes. And Punk's just like, <gasps> yeah, what a beautiful spot. I, I feel like the, uh, obviously Punk must love Bret Hart. The whole best in the world catchphrase yeah, yeah. is a play on Bret Hart's old catchphrase. So... Is this the? Uh, are we getting a punk modelling himself on Bret Hart in this next run of his career? I mean, I, that was my pitch for him. Yeah, was to be a heel everywhere else but Chicago. Oh, I don't mean in that way. Oh, I just right, mean you... in the way of just the way he carries himself. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, like Punk <coughs> probably isn't going to be doing the same sort of matches that he was ten years ago. Shouldn't be, and he sh- yeah, absolutely yeah. he shouldn't be. As a wrestler, you should adapt. You should try and change up what you're doing. So this was like a more slow, methodical pace mm. for Punk, which was interesting. So yeah, I totally think we get, we're seeing like a new direction for him. A new direction for the pants. Yeah, he's wearing tights now. How did you, how did you feel about the tights? It was weird because when he came out, I was like, 
Oh, I wonder what, it, what I wonder what's underneath the tights. <laughs> He's going to take off the tights, right? Yeah. Full Monty style. Yeah, like they've got they're just popper pants. Yeah, um, but no, I, I I got used to them very quickly. I think they look pretty cool. Someone said they look like Chuck Taylor's tights, and that <laughs> that stopped me. I can't. I can now not unsee that. I think it looks great. I think physically it looks in great shape. Uh, maybe got a bit blown up by the end. I didn't really notice it. Some people oh, have said he oh, did. Oh, I didn't notice that at all. Very happy to have him there. Exactly what it needed to be. He was never going to have this five-star modern style match, but it was just a very... It felt classic. Yeah. And it was like, it's the perfect first chapter of CM Punk's in-ring work mm. with AEW. Because once this was over and Sting came out, and he shook hands with Sting, and he helped Darby up, he shook hands with Darby Allen. I was like, awesome. I now want to turn over the page and read the next chapter of yes. Punk. Yes, yeah. Uh, sorry, just one more spot. Darby goes for the coffin drop. Punk just sits up. And busts a gut laughing. Yeah. Like, yeah, this kid. And then he gets <laughs> rolled up by Darby, which I thought was really good. Like this, Whoa. But it's that time. <laughs> it's QT time. <laughs> TikTok, it's QT o'clock. Is QT Artemina? <laughs> professional darts player versus professional darts player Paul White. Oh, yeah. 180. Let's see what you could have won with Bully's special prize. <laughs> <laughs> so Paul White beat up everybody. QT hit him in the hip. And then Big Show chokeslammed him. Yeah. Three minutes. Three minutes. And it felt like ten. Uh, I... So ah, it, the, feel like it did. The report is uh, that this match didn't have a length attached to it when it was put onto the sort of the, the match planner. Hmm. It was basically there to go for as long or as short as need be. If any of the matches run shorter in the night, they've got some time to extend out before the main event. If some of the matches overrun, they've got a bit of a shorter time to do this. So it worked out to be that they had to do a three minute match. And I still think it was two <laughs> minutes and 55 seconds too long. Uh, Malachi Black had a promo because uh, he's going to be facing Dustin Rhodes on Wednesday. I can't wait for that. Yeah, it's going to be really yeah. good. Yeah, I thought Black's promo was so, so good. It's like, I want you to think about Arn Anderson blocking. Mm. I want you to think about Brock. I want you to think about Lee Johnson. <clears throat> I want you to think about your baby brother, Cody. Where's he been? Mm. I thought it was a really, really cool, effective promo to hype the Dynamite. We also haven't mentioned, because this just reminded me, Moxie got a promo as well, hype in Suzuki, which was very good. Of course it was. I don't know if you saw this because of the way you watched the pre-show. Right at the end of the pre-show, America's top team, Dan Lambert, <gasps> cut a promo. No! In the stands oh! with Sky and Paige. Yeah. Paige was awesome. Oh. Dan Lambert was awesome. I yeah. No, I haven't seen that. And they were like, maybe we'll get involved in something tonight. And then me and Pete were like, Ooh. where are they? <laughs> But they, you know, maybe that's happening on Wednesday. Yeah. Maybe that's Punk's next direction. What, uh, against Ethan Page? Well, maybe. Ethan Page. Yeah. Scorpio Sky, a bunch of people to feud with. MMA stuff. Dan Lambert could be like, you couldn't cut it in MMA. That is fun, actually. Uh, and the main event was Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage. Solid match. I, But you know what? I kind of preferred the Rampage match. Same here. Absolutely same here. Like, I think that they commentators in particular did their best to make this feel like a big match mm -hmm. like they were putting over was like man we ever had a main event with this big of a fight feel and i was like the crowd says otherwise <laughs> and i think 
Both Omega and Cage also did their best. But this is a crowd that was <laughs> A, tired. I also think it was a crowd, B, that did not ever buy this as a pay-per-view main event. I think we've seen that from, but perhaps we, I'm looking at this from our own, in, our own little bubble, but our viewership has never seen this as a potential main event. And when I've listened to other podcasts, no one else has said like, oh, this feels like the main event of All Out. It doesn't. It felt like the main event of Rampage, not All Out. Remember like people saying like, it will never be the main event of All Out. Mm. It can't possibly be. It wasn't, it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's, you know, it, because people were looking to, it, to be Paige. And I think that also hurt this match somewhat. Here's a question. If this was Omega versus Paige and Omega wins, could this have been AEW's best pay-per-view of all time? Yeah, I think potentially. Because I love this pay-per-view, but it's actually only got one fantastic match on mm -hmm. for me, which is the loot, the cage match. I'd argue there's two. The 10-man tag on the pre-show. <laughs> <laughs> like, I really, really liked everything else on this show uh, and so many newsworthy moments. But for me, like I, I look more towards the like revolution, maybe not revolution, double or nothing. You know, I think I think double or nothing got was like a, two, yeah. three incredible matches on the card. Sorry, I didn't mean to uh, talk over you there. I thought double or nothing was a better show than this. Mm. Outside of like the moments that we got on this show, one hundred percent, you could say this was a bigger show, like a bigger show, undeniably, yeah. But I think double or nothing was a better, better show. show. I agree. Uh, but if if it was Omega versus Page here, that that might have changed it. Yeah. Tony Khan did say that it was Paige that requested the time off. Um, I would have said probably request that time off a little bit sooner before you're put into a main <laughs> event storyline there, uh, Adam. But uh, either way, it was a good match. I thought both of them tried really hard. Kenny Omega is so, so great that he could wrestle. I mean, literally, he has wrestled everything mm. and has made it look amazing because he's that good. And in the end, he won with a one-winged angel from like the second rope. They did an avalanche one-winged angel, which was a very cool finish. And it was really I was like, it took a avalanche one-winged angel to put away Christian Cage because like Christian Cage is undefeated in all these matches and stuff. And like they kept putting over Christian Cage is undefeated. And I was like, I don't think anyone's ever bought that. Yeah, I don't think anyone's ever bought man Christian Cage is undefeated. Well, I think one of the problems with Cage's run so far, and I, I don't like to sound so critical because I, I, I love Cage. I, and if he was at a mid card level, I'd be so into him. Absolutely. Um, but his his matches are him getting beaten up eighty percent of the time, and it was no different in this match. Yeah. Omega took seventy five percent of this match. Yeah. I'm and I, I just yeah. that that is not what you need to believe in the guy who might usurp him as champion. No one in this crowd ever bought into Christian Cage becoming champion. Like, even for, like, the near falls, yeah. no one bought into this, which is, which is a bit of a shame. I'm actually curious. But it wasn't about that. No, it wasn't. It was about the post-match, which exactly. we've already covered. Yeah. Should we, um, should we ask if we can put up a quick poll on uh, um, Mod Mother? Can we put up a poll? Which uh, pay-per-view do people prefer? Which was the better show? Double or nothing or all out? You might get a recency bias. I, I completely, I would appreciate, yeah, I would expect that, but I was just curious mm. to see what uh, what people would have to say. But the main event angle, like, that's what people are going to be talking Game about. Game changing. It's how you leave them, folks. Yeah. It's how you, you say that a lot when it comes to these sorts of shows. And you're right, this was never about the in-ring match for this. But a part of me thinks it was, because the whole bill for this was like, Christian Cage wants that five-star classic. I think you've got it here. Yeah. Um, as you said, I thought the Rampage match was better. But as a show overall, you didn't do the review for this. 
But if you did have to give it a score, what score would you give oh, it? Oh, five out of five. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Punk's first match back. Daniel Bryan debuted. Adam Cole debuted. Ruby Soho debuted. Minoru Suzuki turned up and had that Moxley exchange. I loved Eddie Kingston versus Miro. And that cage match, my match of the year probably. Mm -hmm. I usually say you need three great things on a show to like make it a four out of five or above. It's had seven. Yeah. <laughs> in ring might not have been AEW's best show but I think it was easily their biggest show and yes, like it was yeah. such like an, an event and I think that yeah as I said at the top of the show I think Tony made completely the right call of putting as much onto this show as possible mm. in terms of debuts and stuff because they might have like the most likely going to have the biggest buy rate they're ever going to do which in theory could mean a big number on I'm not saying beating Raw but a big number on Wednesday as the climb and like, you know, 7,000 oh votes, 90% said five out of five. Yeah, yeah. Nin we have never had a show in the WrestleTalk podcast run that has been as high as 90% saying five out of five. That's amazing. And everything else in there, obviously, under 10%. 7% then said four out of five. So that's 97% of the audience thought it was either five out of five or four out of five. That's, there's, like, that's crazy. Two out of uh, two percent gave it three out of five. Two percent gave it one out of five, and zero percent gave it two out of five. Yeah, it's just again, there's that that contingent of people who will just downvote, give AEW the worst possible score. Yeah, doesn't make sense. It should taper off uh, statistically. Uh, and the yeah, at the moment, which was the better show? Eighty-seven percent said all out. So yeah, yeah. Well, it's how people grade their shows. Mm. Um, yeah. The, yeah. Right, so we've got low. We've got nine pages of chats to work through. So let's get into those. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Thanks for all joining us here, by the way, and last night. If you haven't already, subscribe to the WrestleTalk podcast channel. Yeah, this is it. We've got a huge turnout. Nearly five thousand people have turned out to watch this review. So that is those are huge numbers big, for big, this big. channel. So thank you all so much. Yeah, if you haven't already, please do press subscribe. Anthony Velasquez. What a night! Might be one of the best pay-per-views I've ever seen, and to top it all off, AEW got Ruby Soho, Adam Cole, and Brian Danielson. Tam Ruzza, wow, wow. Ollie, take my dirty Aussie dollars. This was insane. This was the best show I have seen for such a long time. Punk was great, and the tag match was insane. Easily match of the year. It doesn't stop here. Suzuki versus Mox and the NYC show can't wait. Yeah. Big couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Pointless AF. Best pay-per-view in a long time. Paul versus QT was a squash match, but at least it was a solid one that wasn't seconds long. The other matches were great, and the fact we got Ruby, Cole, and Brian in one night with Punk's first match in seven years. AEW is on fire. <coughs> Zachary Jenkins. Guys, I have never marked out more than I did this morning watching the pay-per-view in bed. I'm now going to bury uh, buy sorry, my first wrestling shirt, and it's the Cole shirt. It's a cool shirt. Yeah, it is. And lady, when I saw that one-winged angel set up, I said to myself, oh, he's not kicking out of that. Yeah. Uh, Paul Egan, long-time viewer, first-time ultra-chatter. Although Cole and Brian had me cussing my head off, the Minoru Suzuki moment had me in awe as I'm unfamiliar with New Japan. Now I'm excited to see more New Japan stars as I haven't watched any wrestle until today. Six out of five show. There was a lot of people actually on that poll 
of like on our community tab saying like there's not an option high enough mm -hmm. for how good this show was. Marcus G. Hagberg. 100% the best pay-per-view I've seen in a long time. I sat with a huge smile on my face when Adam Cole debuted. The smile grew even bigger when he superkicked Jungle Boy. 10 out of 10. Yeah! <laughs> uh, Stephen Guzman said, I love you, Ollie, but you can keep your final countdown. I will take Danielson's flight of the uh, effing shaking Valkyries all over it. Brian Danielson is here to make uh, every twerk to his, make everyone twerk to his <laughs> theme. Kenny Omega may have five-star matches, but has he ever made anyone shake their ass? The ass, Bill. Yeah, how did you, what did you make of the theme? I don't know. I, it's not. It's not final countdown. It's not for me. Yeah. It's not the final countdown. No. Adam Coles love it, though. Oh, so that's good. Uh, Gerald Hazelwood, as excited as I am about Ruby, Cole, and Brian, the pop of the night for me was hearing Chicago shout Kazanina Ray. Yeah. Wednesday cannot get here soon enough. Sari said, I'm still feeling speechless after what happened at All Out. Unreal. Elite with Adam Cole against Christian, Jurassic Express, and Brian Danielson match for the first match of those two in AEW ahead. Holy hell, this company. DX Solo. I was so shocked by Adam Cole that I shouted so loud, scared my dog Chi Chi so bad, immediately pissed all over the floor. <laughs> That's what Pete did. <laughs> he did, didn't he? You didn't see it. Uh, kimchi well he did have his one beer uh kimchi their pay-per-view started at 3 a.m here in istanbul but i have a flight at 10 a.m to oh. kazakhstan tomorrow or kazakhstan maybe damn was it worth not getting any sleep adam cole bay bay i'm still hyped up bay that bay uh bow hill the best technical wrestler of the last decade and arguably the greatest nxt wrestler ever just debuted within two minutes of each other crazy also, been wondering what they would do for Mox's homecoming. Did not expect freaking Minoru Suzuki. Yeah, that feels like, you know, like it's like a Sweet 16 thing. Yeah. Whereas it was like, oh, you, we're in the, you're showing your hometown. Is there anything you want? And he went, Minoru Suzuki. Please. <laughs> and a ball pond. <laughs> and a bounce house. Yeah. <laughs> the guilty ad. Highlight for me was the ending of Miro versus Kingston. Mm. Such a good way to keep Kingston strong on a different night with a different ref. Maybe Aubrey, who just let Jericho clock MGF with a crowd uh, divider. He could have won. Brilliant match. Solid show. Chris Dudley, what's up, guys? Love watching the stream with you last night. I thought it was hilarious. WWE's response to AEW debuting Punk was surprised with Becky and Brock. AEW said, <laughs> hold my beer. Absolutely love the show. I love AEW. What does Raw do tonight? The same show was going to do regardless. Nia I mean, Jax versus Charlotte Flair, apparently. Yeah, it was on the card. Yeah, can't wait for another. I know they are totally going to play into what happened last week. It's going to be embarrassing. So apparently, yeah, like the Bliss was factored into the, one of the scripts that Vince mm. tore up last week. So he has pivoted away to a uh, uh, different thing. Jax versus Flair instead. Who knows what happened there? Stone Cold Steve Atkin. I'm uh, very full after lunch of humble pie. For all my criticism of the Bucks, that was match of the year so far. Literally leapt out of my seat at 2am and yelled in delight at that finished. It should always be Penta, and it was. Plus, Bunkhouse Butch returned. Yes, Butcher. Oh, Butcher. Gemstone. I was at the show, it was amazing. The crowd lost it when Adam Cole came out, then lost it again when the American Dragon came out. Steel Cage was awesome. Ruby got a massive pop. Much love to you all. Jam that jam. I watched Alex Queen of the Rings video. She'd recorded like mm. uh, Adam Cole's debut from her seat. And it was like, oh, that's one of those times where I wish I was there. Yeah. I mean, I wish I was there when I saw Sean and Denise and Tempest doing karaoke together. And I was like, no, I wish I was there. Chris Dudley, I'm, I'm, I'm having a kid. I suppose that's okay. <laughs> Chris Dudley, of all the debuts last night, I think Adam Cole's is the biggest because it sets a precedent. 
Cole was in NXT, offered millions of dollars and a main storyline call-up to either Raw or SmackDown, and he chose AEW. That could open the floodgates. Uh, those are rumours. Millions, millions of dollars. That I don't know if that was actually true. That was only ever a rumour. And we were only told that he was given... People were told to pitch storylines. Not that it was good storylines. No. So, neither. I, you know, I think you could... They didn't... They obviously didn't give him a, a good enough offer to stay. Yeah. I mean, he basically said, he goes like, I've got nothing bad to say about my time in <laughs> yeah. WWE. I had a great four-year run there, and I loved working there. But, like, you know, my girlfriend works here. My friends are here. Like, I, th there was always part of me that was like, yeah, I was going to go to yeah. AEW. Um, yeah, I agree with that. And also, like, when, you know, Vince says, like, oh, we've got the Raw and SmackDown creative teams making pitches for you. That's that's one man. That's Bruce Pritchard, like <laughs> on both shows. <laughs> like, hey, so here's here's my two pitches for you. You're Michael Cole's brother or son. DX Solo. I bought the pay per view both on Fight and BR Live. Fight worked fine, even though my VPN uh, for the show was so good. I don't mind paying twice. <laughs> so glad I watched New Japan for so long and knew who Suzuki was. So glad the crowd did as well. Made that moment so big. Well, this is going to be a that traveling crowd was going to know Minoru mm -hmm. Suzuki. Death by Dazza 88. Ollie, the tag title match had a good story because recently Pac and Phoenix got screwed by the interference of the Elite, and then vice versa when Penta and Eddie went for retribution with their tag partners, which got very bloody, so the only option was the cage. Oh yeah, no, I fully, fully agree. But the cage, yeah. Gate Crasher Forever, simply <laughs> Kazanina Ray. Adam Southfield, of course Jurassic Express had to try and make the save in the main event before Brian debuted. Brian is an environmentalist and will do whatever he can <laughs> to save Jungle Boy. What does Kazanina mean? I don't know. Uh, Enforcer! Hey! Hey, Enforcer Steve! Friendos! What an amazing show. Five hours flew by. We had a blast watching it with the Friendos. So many new Friendos! <laughs> also be on the lookout for the 24-hour stream from Steve and Larson. Have an amazing show, Luke and I. Love you guys. Yeah. Congrats. Like, okay, yeah, that's going to be great. What are they doing? 24 hours? 24-hour live stream. What, they watching wrestling? I mean, you did so well after 13. Oh, Jesus. It's tough. It is physically it's, draining. It is. It's so much harder than you think it would be. Oh. Just like you'd think, oh, what's you doing watching like wrestling for 24 hours? It's so much harder than you think it is. Kaze Ninare is become the wind. <laughs> S. Morgan, five out of five show, but AEW should stop letting Zack Snyder <laughs> direct their pay-per-views. It does have a bit of that, but it is nowhere near as bad as, as Snyder films. Made sense. Duo XM. I, could work, I worked out what was going on. Yeah. Duo XM. I didn't watch it live, but I watched it this morning. First time watching AEW. Very impressed by mm. the show. Love the Brian Danielson theme. The hip-hop mix is tight. Tight, son. But it's no Europe. Um, one Anonymous said the theatre atmosphere was like night and day compared to SummerSlam. We were all hyped loud and clapping. Great experience. Marked out hard for Suzuki. Really enjoyed singing Kaza Ninare with a crowd. Did you know he was in episode one of Carmen Rider? I did not know that. No. I don't know what Carmen, Carmen Rider is. Carmen Rider is a bit of a, 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 bit of a spot in my um, like tokusatsu knowledge. I know some people really love it. Like my friend um, Ash is really into it, but I've never been... I've never watched enough Carmen Rider to like say, oh yeah, Carmen Rider's my jam. Become the wind. Charles Berg, what a show. I think Danielson versus Omega will be something fans really want to see. Personally, I don't see Danielson as a WWE guy. See him as a guy who was so good at wrestling that even WWE couldn't ignore mm -hmm. his skill. This was a fantastic show. Loved it all. 
Kevin, after the Lucha Bros victory, I said to myself, this is going to be the best show of the year, any company included. And then the ending. I'm writing this five minutes after finishing the show. I'm really excited. This company is just so great. Uh, Dan, stopped watching wrestling a few years back, but got back into it due to AEW and been following you guys ever since. 27, watched uh, All Out last night. It gave me WrestleMania 17 vibes 20 years later. Just a great show to watch. Exciting time to be a wrestling fan. Harry Iverson, what a show that was. and a massive smile on my face and I popped so many times. Love this company, love wrestling. Also, I love CM Punk's new gear. It reminded me of Eddie Guerrero's. Mm -hmm. Punk said he wants to be like how Eddie was a role model to him. Tails P, Ruby was the Joker in both All Out and WrestleMania. It's true. She was dressed as the Joker at WrestleMania, huh. remember? Because Liv was... Um, yeah, 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 yeah. She knows. Pointless AF. Although I do agree uh, the Rumble was overall the low point of the pay-per-view. By the way, I think about this for a moment. We now have Adam Cole, CM Punk, and Sting in the same promotion. Brendan Harris, um, I, I don't know, I'll say that. Brendan Harris, no one on the roster I could believably see Kenny dropping the belt to other than Paige, Punk, or Brian. It's too soon. No one on the roster I could believably see Kenny dropping the belt to other than Paige, Punk, or Brian. And it's too soon for Punk or Brian. Anyway, the show was awesome, except for Brian's music. <laughs> that was ass. Um, have full flight of the Valkyries or don't. I uh, think Brian should beat Kenny. For the belt? Yeah, I think... I think maybe that's the direction to go for business. But this goes back to that Jericho thing. And like, I, no, I, you know what, I'm gonna, I actually fully disagree. Mm -hmm. I fully, fully disagree at this point now. Because I get that people made the argument, it's like, you had to put the belt on Jericho, it makes the most business sense. The company has been so much more over and has been selling so much more tickets with Kenny as champion. So did the Jericho thing work? Because they get better ratings with Kenny as the champion and do better buy rates with Kenny as champion than they did with Jericho. So did it make business sense? Uh, I don't know because Pandemic was part of that. You can't really judge how Moxley ever would draw. Oh, it's not, and Moxley's not my question though. Yeah. It's Jericho. Jericho. People said you had to put the belt on Jericho first off because you needed that face to be the champion. But I think the company has done so much better financially and ratings-wise and pay-per-view with um, Omega as champ. But maybe Brian will take them the next one up. I think it's Paige, man. Paige, Paige. It's got to be Paige. Um, Jesse said, this company, goddamn, second time in a month they've made me cry happy tears. Adam Cole and Danielson returning was epic. It's been tough down here in Australia with COVID lockdown still a thing. This was a perfect distraction from real life. Danny G cannot put into words how much I love this show. On top of all the obvious stuff, the Jericho restart really highlights the difference between AEW and WWE, actually giving a logical reason for everything and respecting the audience. Mm -hmm. Dean Barretton, I love this pay-per-view. Amazing work, AEW. Cage match was so emotional at the end with Penta. In terms of the Battle Royal, Riho didn't go over the top rope, but the ring announcer said that she was out. Jamie Hayter is actually in the ring saying she's still in. <laughs> it did seem weird. Yeah, it was a bit all over the place. Chris Perez. Two things I legit, legitimate believe Brian Danielson is the best wrestler on the planet after his press conference. He came off intimidating and confident, like he's ready to kill everybody. And two, I don't know how AJ Styles can look at AEW and not want to go there. Danielson had this amazing <coughs> comment in his post in his media thing where he said, yeah, I think it was Punk that said like he came here because he wanted to work with all the young guys and put the younger talent over. But like, now I'm here to kick some people in the head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ben Vlerick. So you may or may not remember me as the guy who wasn't impressed by AEW after checking it out due to Punk. You told me to stick, stick with it. 
Well, holy mother effing S-word. Wow, just wow. I love wrestling again, and I love AEW. I'm back and more excited than ever. Shardul Shankar. I can safely say I have no reason to watch WWE now. None whatsoever. Well, maybe once when Dwayne kicks Roman's ass. AEW has successfully accumulated almost all of my favourites from the US wrestling scene. All they need now is April, and I can die peacefully. April? Okay, oh, right. Uh, Alpaca Nation 87. He, he used a real name because he's cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love that Moxley is one is the one that is the go-to for all the New Japan talent. He works really well with them. I also felt bad for my fiance as I was screaming so loud at Danielson and, and Cole while she was sleeping. Such a memorable night. Bo Hill, did you see Miro CJ's tweets? I'll go and check on Miro's now. <clears throat> Let's have a look. Uh, Miro, your nuts have been redeemed. And apparently CJ replied... I'll redeem yours when you get home. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, that's great. That is a sexy couple. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt Hennessy. Cole ending up in AEW. I expected Punk. I thought was possible. I never truly believed Brian would go there. He seemed like a WWE lifer. He headlined WrestleMania five months ago. Oh, Brian. Yeah, sorry. AEW continues to deliver great shows, and I love this card top to bottom. Thank you, AEW. I, I, I was in agreement with you. When Brian's contract came up and like he had that loser leaves town match, there was a report that like those within the company expected him to re-sign. And I was like, yep, and I'm one of them. I was like, there's no way he's going anywhere else. As they thought the same about Dean Ambrose. Yeah. Kamal Arif. Time to wake up, my friends. Dream matches will not be dreams anymore. Adam Cole, Brian Danielson, and CM Punk are now part of a roster that I genuinely enjoyed watching from day one anyway. Recently, I don't like uh, watching AEW. Makes me cry too damn much. Goddamn snowflake. Nate S. Strange choice to have three new leaders. It's <laughs> <laughs> overkill, isn't it? Uh, Nate S. Strange choice to have three new leaders of the Dark Order all debut in segments without the Dark Order and still so hyped from the show last night. The list of dream matches that can happen now is unreal. That's great. So, Soho... Oh, you missed one. Suzuki. Yeah. Mr. Kajili. Hi, guys. About to watch All Out in a minute with your reactions because it was late last night, but is it time to declare WWE dead as they won't be allowed to change or challenge? And if they go down, who's jumping? As I hope Alexa could if she doesn't if she don't go to Hollywood. WWE's not going anywhere. No. Guaranteed money for five years. Yeah. Diego Chacon Villa Miza. Vi this company. Greetings from Colombia, guys. I stopped watching wrestling in 2011 and came back in 2018 because of the Omega Ricarda match. And AEW is making sure I never stop watching again. I am one happy mark. Adam Simpson, can't watch live today. At Cineworld to see Shang-Chi and Candyman for the second time. Yeah. That is 90 films since late May for me. Wow. Wow. That's really good. <clears throat> I'm at 68 for the year so far. I really want to see Bry versus Kingston slash Archer. My number one match is Bunk Bucks and Adam Cole versus Silver Reynolds and Hangman. <gasps> Cole and Hangman. I know. Page versus Cole too. How about you? God, well now I just want that. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm excited to see Page back. Because <laughs> I, I have really, really missed mm. Hangman Page. Jose Vasquez. Ruby Soho is the free agent they needed. Will pay off more than Andrade. No hate. Uh, just saying. Pete is so money. Who started cutting onions when Penta's kids came up to him? Pete is so money or Penta is so money? I mean, it could be Pete. He is, I mean, you know, he feels like the longest reigning champion we've had in ages. He keeps winning. Yeah, by, like, by, champion's advantage. By hook or by crook. 
Mr. Kajilli, hi guys, did you see the reaction from the WWE stars to the AEW surprises? I just hope they don't get punished by Vince, but I'd not be surprised. That's Liv, Alexa, Cedric, Kayla, Tegan. I'd suspect Alexa and Liv's pushes to be over-knowing Vince. I think it's fine. I honestly, Vince will never know. Mm. And, and if anything, the, the only one who had anything bad was Cedric. And that's because Cedric was like, I'm just really jealous of my <laughs> wife. Uh, Slapnut Dudley. Bought tickets to the Cincinnati show on an impulse. Now I'm so glad I did for such a stacked show. Good move. Uh, Rain Tech. Hi, lads. I still can't believe all that happened. I started my AEW journey in 2019, buying the first Double or Nothing in 2019 on a whim. It just went up from there. God, I love this company. On all the media scrum videos, Tony Khan's nerd reactions are gold. He is the biggest mark. I love him so yeah, much. Yeah. Every he's time, us. Yeah, anytime like someone asks a question and they try to get Tony Khan involved, he's like, no, I'm not going to say anything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just sort of hands it over to like Ruby Soho or whoever it is. Be like, I, I, I want to hear what the wrestler has to say. Yeah, yeah, and he's just there always, like when CM Punk's talking. <laughs> <laughs> My toys are real. John Merritt. Full gear has changed date with no venue officially announced. The new date is Saturday the 12th of November, exactly one week before lots of AEW stars appear at Wale's Comic Con. Or Wales Comic Con. Could be Wales Comic Con. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no Fulham home games on or near the oh. 12th. Could we be in for full and gear? So Fulham is uh, the Tony Khan's English soccer. Yeah, and he has franchise. And he's been saying in recent interviews that he wants to make Craven Cottage, which sounds like considering in America it is like you know Boner Arena and all mm. this sort of stuff. It's not like really cool things. Here, Craven Cottage because it's you know nice and quaint and stuff. So yeah, what John is saying there is that it's could we have full gear here in the UK? Not not uh, not in the next couple of months, John. Nice idea, but pandemic. Well, I mean, if they're coming over. For the Comic-Con in Wales. Well, let's see. I, I, I sincerely doubt that, especially if they, especially if loads of people have already booked full gear tickets for America. But they and just put the tickets on sale. They were on sale, but then it was removed. Mm. Uh, Keith Lloyd, is there anyone out here living their best life more than Moxley? <laughs> Guy is wrestling anyone, anywhere, anytime. He truly looks happy wrestling all these legends and being free. Well, that's what he wanted. GCW champion as well. Yeah, Kenny Omega's one of the people at Wales Comic Con. Mm. As is Evangeline Lilly. Oh, cool. Evangeline Lilly, Sean Astin, Ian McDermott, Dolph Lundgren, Jason Isaacs. Hello. Rose McIver, she's great. Brian Cox, Sting, Bret Hart. Sting's there. Uh, look at how great this website's formatted as well. <laughs> Summer Glow. Uh, oh my God. Thomas oh. Jane! Thomas the Punisher's going to be there. Nice. Uh, Keith Lloyd, oh, I had that one. Character. An Anurag Srivastava. Tony, who do you want to feud with next, John? Moxley. Japan. <laughs> Stevie Howlin. Wrestling hasn't made me cry in many years. AW has managed to do it twice in two ish weeks. What a time to be a wrestling fan. Ben Crossley. As good as Miro is as the champion redeemer, imagine his character work after he loses the title, seeking to destroy anyone who stands in his way now that he seeks his own redemption for his own failure. This is world champion Miro. Yeah, like self-flagellating oh. with the whip, whipping himself in the back. I have sinned. I have failed my God. Oh, my Ben. Kevin. 
Go tell your 2017 self that Adam Cole, Kenny Omega, CM Punk, Christian Cage, Daniel Bryan, Dean Ambrose, Minoru Suzuki, and Sting will wrestle for the same company, and it's not WWE. This is mad. Yeah, it is mad. That is mad. And I, I guarantee you, I probably would have said, oh, it's probably Ring of Honor. Yeah. Uh, Pratik Shetty. Hey, guys, how's it going? Great show yesterday. Watching it got me thinking, is it the lack of egos today and a healthy environment that will separate AEW from WCW in terms of the big names backstage? Just curious to hear your thoughts. Yes. Yeah, and just uh, the culture that goes with that. That's very exactly. toxic backstage culture. Not Thankfully, not a part yeah. of uh, either AEW or WWE's locker rooms these days. And imagine that, yeah, actually, you're right. In both locker rooms, they don't really have people who are there to be like, that don't work for me, brother. I no. really think that I should win all the fake sport matches. <laughs> Jose Vasquez, do you think they book themselves in a corner with Rojo versus Britt? Making me do it now. Soho versus Britt. Uh, no. Brick can have Jamie Hayter cost Ruby yeah. the match. And, and Ruby losing her first match, or like her first time match, isn't like the worst thing in the world. Brendan Harris. Hey guys, I'm finding it hard to invest in Kenny, AEW title defences, since they're so clearly building to Paige dethroning him. They literally had Christian beaten for the Impact title to build some tension, and still the triple spear kick out fell flat. That's not... Kenny, that's Cage, unfortunately, I think. Mm. Because like I, I, I said this is Double or Nothing. I really bought into him losing the title what, several times at yeah. Double or Nothing in that triple threat. Uh, the Raven Effect. Also wanted to say thank you to you guys. Daphne's death was unexpected and heartbreaking. And it's normal the way you guys reported it put others to shame. The links, etc. you guys provide go above and beyond. Support Rest Talk. Support each other. Uh, Dogs of Wrestling can't live, uh, can't watch live uh, since I'm at work, but thank you for helping me get into AEW. I've been watching the review since Double or Nothing. They really helped me with the storylines. All Out was awesome. You are the best. Jam that jam. LIW for life. Dorks has been getting in touch a lot since last Thursday. That was his first uh, pay-per-view for AEW. Mm. So good to hear you enjoyed it. Hypnobonics. Love the content, guys. Just became a Patreon for the first time last month for the SummerSlam and Wrestle League. After getting all predictions correct last night, please tell Chopper Pete <laughs> I'm coming for him, baby. Uh, Ten Rosa, just wanted to also say, Luke, this is a hell of a pay for you to happen before you become D.A.D. Also, Ollie and I had a drinking session with Kevin Kelly and others in Tokyo next to the Tokyo Dome. Uh, try and do it sometime. Oh, sorry, Ollie. Uh, not Ollie and I. Um, try and do it sometime. Still buzzing. I'm so giddy. You had a drink with Kevin Kelly. I mean, you could have done that. I'd crumble. I'd crumble. You could have done that when you were I at the New Japan play. show, when you were working at the New I Japan show. It's too, it's too amazing. Matt Nettingfield. 10 out of 10 on Wrestle League predictions last night. Message from Tony Khan. My DMs are open <laughs> if you need help with the booking. Uh, do you want me to, to tell you what you were going to do? <laughs> I think I can be a great resource to your company. Deadpunk1905. Hey, guys. Had to work today. Uh, Chaos Assassin, apparently NXT are going to be releasing more stars. I, I mean, I don't know where that reports. Have you heard that report? Yeah, Meltzer said uh, there's that, more coming. Yeah, just that, you know, the, the way NXT is refocusing, it's going to phase out a lot of the old guys, and there is a, a chopping list, essentially. Is there really? On the chopping block, was the quote. I would love to see a reunited DIY versus <laughs> the Lucha Bros. DIY versus Revival. DIY versus Bucks. Yeah. Fran Chili uh, was at the show last night with a mute Denise sign. That got we saw that. Did you? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, they got acknowledged by Sean on his Twitter, so that's amazing. All <laughs> oh, right. Also witnessed the best pay-per-view since WrestleMania X7. Also got a hi Ollie and Pete sign too. Jam that jam. Thanks, Fran Chili. 
Ready, set, Megs. First time I ordered an AEW pay-per-view. My family first AEW show ever. All Out is the best I ever saw in my life. Lucha Bros vs. Young Bats, best match I ever saw. I bought the story and I marked the F out when Lucha Bros won the title. Proud to be Latino. Cyclone. Cyc Cyclone, Shut maybe? Up. Uh, the last time I yelled in excitement at wrestling was the Hardy Boys return at WrestleMania mm. 33. Screamed in excitement when Punk returned. Cold music. Slaps. Talking to slaps. Punched the air and whacked my shelf when Brian's music hit. Seven out of five. Would punch again. Uh, Zick Remarka. What a la it was a lazy morning in Manila, and I woke up or Manila maybe, and I woke up everyone uh, when Colin Danielson came out. My love of wrestling has been reignited. Best pay per view uh, since I'll say Money in the Bank 2011. Yeah, possibly. Maddie Brady, I sent in an Omega chat last night about being a lapsed fan who hadn't bought a pay per view since 2012, and wow, AEW didn't disappoint. Question. If you're Bray Wyatt watching last night, surely you are doing anything you can to sign with this company, Jam That Jam. Yeah, yeah, I would be. Um, who's next? Oh, whoopa! Whoopa! Uh, most matches weren't historically technical, historical technical masterpieces, but they made you feel happy and excited consistently. Then you get the Phoenix Climax at the end, and afterwards you watch the scrum and cry because Tony and his employees are all so happy. Tenra is a, guys, don't forget the Wrestle Kingdom is a three nights this time. Yes. <laughs> They'll probably get some AEW talent. Also, the FOMO was so real this week. Tell me about it. Chuck Cassis, vegan Brock Lesnar has become all elite. Last night was so good. Loved all of it. This effing company. They did have similar hair. Yeah, they did. Him and Brian. Uh, Josh Davis, second chat. My first surname is pronounced Davis, just spelled differently. My friend, uh, who is a WWE fan who watches some AEW, hates Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus as they're unrealistic, but is happy to believe in the Fiend Undertaker's magic powers. Don't understand it. Charles Edwards, I love the story that Punk told of it being his first match and trying to pin Darby after every move to end it quick, as he knew the longer it went, the lower his chances were. You are all awesome with all your content. Love you guys. Hey, Mary Painsville Dan. Sorry I'm late. Never <laughs> apologize. Loved the show last night. However, I tell you uh, two things about the show I did not like. The pacing of the punk diver match, crowd and myself were tired, and the lack of rules. Also, the theme to Brian is Elliot Taylor's Born for Greatness. There you go. Um, lack of rules. Um, I thought, I, I disagree. I think Punk Derby was actually pretty well placed. I just think the show should have been shorter overall. Vash TS, I hope they talk Suzuki into staying for a while. Brian versus Cole when it happens, when that happens. Mm. Brian versus Suzuki. Sawyer, we lost, our, our, lost out on Orange Cassidy versus Suzuki <laughs> to the pandemic last year. Book it, Tony. Haphazard Wasteland, he's too busy to feud with Matt Hardy. <laughs> Haphazard Wasteland, if you could choose one person you think won't jump from WWE to be an AEW Wednesday, who would it be? Mine would be Edge. Love the podcasts. Roman Reigns. Randy. Kevin May, absolutely remarkable pay-per-view. My favourite by AEW so far. Shock upon shock. Couldn't get to sleep until 6am in the UK because I was so hyped. Loved Ruby Soho showing up. I do believe that she will be the turning point of the division. No, I really do. Gotta have that faith. Thank you, everybody. 12 pages. Wow. Still 4,200 people of you watching. Um... Yeah, please, if, if you give us a subscribe. That's the, the nicest thing uh, you can do, the easiest thing. Oh, no, it has been that, sorry. Uh, and yeah, because we have got Raw review coming up tomorrow. NXT review on Wednesday. AEW Dynamite 
review on Thursday with that Mark Suzuki match with the Alistair Malakai Black versus Dustin Rhodes match. Friday, you've got a magazine show. It's me and Denise back together, <coughs> Team Danuke once again, like Renegade Masters. You can find out what happened oh my God, at All Out Weekend. And I have no care about the show itself. I just want to ask about that karaoke night. Yeah. So, uh, Denise's first ever karaoke night. What? I know. And SmackDown review on Saturday. All of the content. So please do give the Rest Talk Podcast channel a subscribe here. And thank you, everybody, for, you know, just. It's fun. Oh, it's been bloody just lovely, isn't it? It's great. You're great all great as well. Jam that jam. Jam that jam, everyone. Casa Nina Ray. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.